Amen. Amen. Uh, next week we'll be doing Red Sunday. to get some of you all straight. Oh, no, no, I'm going to get you straight. The only time that Pastor Fields went against the Chiefs, some of you wasn't born, in 1967, when they played the Green Bay Packers. So he's been a Chief fan longer than some of you in here talking trash. Next thing is, he's a very smart man. He won a lot of money three years later because they were playing, uh, uh, where they were playing, and he bet on the Chiefs. So, y'all in the right church with the right leader. Amen. I figured that'd get some of them because some of these folks ain't been born in 1967. All right? We're at 607 pounds. And we need to get to 700. That's right. All right. Look at me. Everybody look at me and get this. You don't know who you're going to affect in life. And especially if you're a coach, you need to understand your position as a coach. And uh, we've got a letter from a young man that just touched my heart. Here we go. Just got this last week. Pastor Johnny, I hope this letter finds you well. I think it has been 20 years since my brother Brian and I attended Christ Temple North. It's hard to believe it has been that long. I wanted to write to you to encourage you and let you know how foundational your preaching ministry and church were to me during my time in high school. I started attending Christ Temple North during my freshman year of high school, 1998, I believe. It was just after I had heard the gospel for the first time thanks to the ministry of Young Life at Park Hill. But once I professed faith in Christ, I know I needed a church. So immediately I thought back to middle school track with the Kansas City Blazers and knew you were a pastor. So I thought I'd come visit. I had no idea how transformative those next two years would be. I remember so much from my time at your church, the warm welcome from everyone. In all seriousness, this is the most welcomed I have ever felt at any church. I love it that hugs, not handshakes, were the norm. I remember the spirit-led worship. I remember the biblical and Christ-centered preaching. I remember so much of the wisdom that was imparted by you during those, those sermons. I remembered when you came and taught on the fruit of the spirit at our FCA meeting. I remember your sweet family. I remember Etta and other members. I just really want you to know that God used you to change my life and I and I and excuse me and there's rarely a week that goes by that I don't think about it and thank God for it. God has blessed you and gifted you and used you to transform me even for the past 20 years. My brother and I are both pastors now. He lives in Fort Worth, and I in Greenville, South Carolina. I serve at a church called Downtown Presbyterian. I've been married to my wife, Erin, for 12 years. We have three daughters, Caroline, 10, Margaret, 7, and Emma Catherine, 2. I hope this is encouraging to you. 
The seed that was planted by you 20 years ago is growing and multiplying through my ministry here into the lives of many others. Keep pressing on. Keep preaching the good news. Fight the good fight. Run the race with endurance. Know that I am eternally grateful for you and your ministry. Loving Christ to you, your family, and Christ Temple North. Feel free to share this letter with anyone who was, who was around back then or who would be encouraged by it today. Jonathan Davis. That's how it works. Thank you. That's how it works. That's how it works. Thank you. And thank Jonathan for that letter. It's a blessing. You don't know as a coach, and you all are the coaches in here, you need to understand you're more than a coach. That's right. You see, you can literally help through the power of Christ conform other people's lives. Do you all understand what I'm saying? And I wanted that read out here because you don't know. And the hugs that you all were giving those young men when they uh, were coming to this church, they never forgot that. They never forgot the love that Christ Temple North is about. And we always going to be about that over here. You see, and these are, the, you know, and with the three little Caucasian little white boys with, with this black coach way back then hollering at them at Parkville, running around, but look what it, look what it done. Right. You understand what I'm saying? This is what this church is about, and it will is always be like it. Even when I'm gone, those after me will see that we are a church that loves one another, and we don't have no color over here. Right. We ain't into that over here. There ain't but one color, and that's the color of air. That's right. All right, here we go. So we got the Chiefs thing done and all that done, and we have read, you know, don't y'all knock Dennis down out there. <laughs> but Dennis is very smart. Tell Dennis to step in here. D Dennis is very smart. He's a 49 fan, okay? Hold it, hold it, y'all, but he's smart. He's got zero, zero. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, we, we good for that. We good for that. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Okay. Now, one of the things that we need to understand is the, how much love God, God has for us. Right. And some of us have came a long way. Amen. Some of us have came a long way. And if it was not for the love of God, we wouldn't be where we're at to this day. Amen. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Is, that. And that starts with the person speaking up here. Teach. You see, it is the love of God that has placed us. Let me tell you something. You here this morning, it's the love of God that placed you here this morning. That's right. That's you right. see, and we'll talk about it's the love of God that placed you in Christ Temple North. That's what, he right. has you here for a reason. You see, some people, you know, a lot of people will leave a church, and uh, I tell people now, you better make sure he, he's told you to leave. Come on. You see, because, you know, sometimes our messages are a little raw. Well, that's because he knows that we need a raw message. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and I love this in Romans 8 and 32, for God has proved his love by giving us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. He has given us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I love it when, when I read the, the Gospels and that part where John Baptist saw Jesus and said, Woe, the Lamb of God, who has come to take away the sins of the world. What a beautiful scripture that is. You all understand? That's why we're here today. It is, we are here today because God gave his treasure. That's right. Okay, from there. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else he has to give. So he's done giving us the best of the best, and he's not going to hold the, hold the rest, right? So we need to understand as Christians, I'm a type of minister that's coachy. Right. 
That's what I do. I'm coaching. And see, I'm trying to coach you to understand who you are in Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get you, the people in, it's in the congregation, the people God has sent to me, I'm trying to get them to understand how much God loves them and what God has put in them. Right. You, you understand? God will not withhold anything from you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I love that scripture when he asked Peter, you love me, Peter? Peter said, yes, Lord. He asked him again, you love me, Peter? Peter said, yes, Lord. He asked him a third time. He says, yes, yes, Lord. Then God said what? Feed my sheep. Well, then you know what that means is? I'm going to use me. You know what that means is to me? That means that I don't, I'm not a pastor that's going to God, God, God. That's why the Christian people fall apart. They're looking for God. God's not supposed to feed you. God ain't supposed to feed you. Who's supposed to feed you? I'm, we, you know, me as your pastor and you the other folks. My responsibility is loving God. He said, Pastor Johnny didn't feed my sheep. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. And if we feed our sheep, okay, this is the result. Yeah, right. This is the result. Right. Do you understand? Because, you see, you, as a pastor, I'm lacking nothing, right? Ask me why. He says, I'll give you all that you need. He said, I'll give you all that you need. So he's given me all that I need to pastor. He's given all you need to minister, because all your ministers out there. Right, you understand? There's lacking nothing. I'm never alone, because he said, woe and I'll always be with you. So what are you doing? We're looking for something that we already have. Right. You see, we're looking to, we're pointing for God to have a responsibility. This our responsibility. He made me responsible when I said I loved him. When I said I loved him, then he says, show me the love that you have for me by feeding these. Are you with me? You see, sometimes a pastor needs to be encouraged, and that was an encouraging uh, letter. Yeah, but the first <laughs> encouraging thing happened to me happened to me Sunday, going through the line. Y'all call her Nicole, uh, Nicole, or whatever, whatever, which one? She took me, he said, I want you to say, Brother Johnny. They call me Brother Johnny, the ponders all do. Brother Johnny, you got to take care of yourself. I need you. She was like, she was fussing at me. And I said, okay. And she walked a little bit. No, I mean it. You can't go nowhere. I need you. You see? And that was Sunday. And then I get this other letter. And then I got a call from another athlete. See, being needed means you're loved. Being loved means you're needed. You understand? And for some reason, I got three uh, calls from the call, and this young man and another athlete uh, called me from Colorado. I need to talk to you. I'll be in town on a business, such and such. I want to take you to such and such, another runner. And I'm like, God was inspiring me. Uh, he's inspired me to go to another level because he's showing me the result, results of the seeds that was planted. Now he's telling me plant some more seeds. Do you understand? Because when I plant seeds, some of you grow bigger than me. Do you understand what I'm saying? These young men got great churches. Now, they're great, going to be great pastors, but it all started, right? Well, it's over in Clay Como at the time. Are y'all with me? So God has given, he has given me his, wait a minute, he's given me the greatest thing he has, so you know he's going to give me the gifts, he's going to give you the gifts. Every one of y'all, I'm telling you, every one of you all got gifts. We'll get into that later. Everybody sitting in here has a gift. You see, but the problem of it, some of you are sitting on it. Go ahead. Then we're told in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. This is Paul talking. That for this reason... Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, 
I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And, and this is what Paul is talking about. He knows about this church, and he's saying that he really likes this church. He's talking about that. He's heard the good things this church is doing, and they faith in the Lord, and he's continued praying for this church. That's what we want over here. We want people that get something from this ministry, that love this ministry so much, no matter where they're at, they'll keep praying for this ministry. Do you understand what I'm talking about? All right? I keep asking that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. And see, and this is, this is what I love about him. Uh, Paul's telling this church, and I'm telling you all, that I'm praying for you that Father will give you the spirit of wisdom. I love the spirit of wisdom. There's two different things. When you read this in the NIV, it's the capital S. Now, I have some wisdom in the little s. Okay, that's some of the things I've done, some of the things I've learned. And I can tell you not to do that because that don't work and this, that, that, that that's, that's normal wisdom. Okay, but Paul, Paul's talking to this church that he is praying for this church the same way that pastor's praying for this church, that God gives you the spirit of wisdom. Now, that's the difference. The spirit of wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit, and it is a special anointing. That's right. Are y'all with me? Okay, here we go. Spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom is the ability to discern inner qualities and relationships. So, so it's going to give us what? To be able to serve, discern the what? Inner qualities and relationships. I'm going to change that to regular relationships. If you have the spirit of wisdom, you're able to discern the quality in relationships. And this is, uh, what is this? Today Sp is National Spouses Day. Today is National Spouses Day for you all that didn't know that, all right? Today is National Spouses Day, so you have the ability, it's too late if you are married, you have the ability to discern the inequalities in that relationship. That's right. But we need that, don't we? Amen. We need, come on here. We, can we, I use marriage because that's, this day is that, and we'll pray for the, the, uh, those relationships later on. But it's giving us the ability, and see, you all need to talk to your children about this. You, and say, wait a minute, you need the spirit of discerning. To uh, he's my friend. She's my friend. But what quality is this relationship for you? Okay, keep going. It's also the ability to think and act using knowledge. See, see, you can get, now you get knowledge, okay? Well, I'm giving you knowledge. Knowledge comes from books and personalities. Everybody understand that? All right, but then wisdom tells you where to put that knowledge. Does that, un you understand? You just got, you just read a letter from a young man. That's knowledge, okay? But wisdom will tell you where you at in your life and what you need to do that you can receive the same gratitude from somebody. That's right. That's right. Okay? All right, y'all with me? That guy, you got quiet. And see, the ability to think and to act with knowledge, all right? You go to school, you see, my mother, and I use it all the time, you can go to school and be an educated fool. Right. All right. But if you have wisdom, you'll take that. Come on here. There's been a whole lot of people that's got a good grades in college and in high school that ended up uh, in, incarcerated. Come on here. Right. This ended up on drugs. Alcohol. We, we see it all the time. That's destroyed their life. You understand? Because they had the knowledge of something, but they didn't have the wisdom with it. All right. It's also the ability to think and act using experience, understanding, Common sense. Just, just use it and the common sense. I don't know where that's went. I have no idea where that's went. I hear people say things and I'm like, how does that make sense to you? Right. And Sister Gwen will say to me, John, it makes sense to them. 
I was like, well, okay. But it's common sense. Some things are just common sense. Isn't that right? Okay. And insight in order to make sensible decisions or judgments. See, you need insight to make sensible what? Decisions and judgments. You see, insight to make decisions, to make the right decisions. We all know that thing that happened at KU, that big fight they had and went on there. See, some, they lost that. See, what they need to do is get some preachers in there that will preach like this. And tell these young people, come on, tell these young people, now you need to do better. You need to have something to help you make better decisions and judgment. And we ain't supposed to do it. Well, they can do it in college. You can't do it in high school. You can do it in college. You need the Lord Jesus Christ to give you the Holy Ghost. Because you run around here acting half crazy, about to mess up your career and about to mess up your reputation, right. making bad decisions and bad judgment. You understand what I'm saying? But the Bible gives us when people, see, here's one. Can I just talk? Uh, what uh, I was listening to, um, I'm flipping through because I'm one of these that never sees a commercial, and I'm flipping through and they had, I can't think of it, Al Sharpton was on talking to a, a black group of people and they're up there talking about what happened in slavery and that's what's got folks down and, and this and that going, you know, I get sick of that. But I got the answer why black men are shooting each other up and acting a fool, right? There's two things they don't have. Say what, Father? I mean, say what, Father? That's one of them. Father Johnny? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that came out. That could have been the Holy Ghost speaking. I don't know if it was, but it could. You better use this earning because some of y'all might need a father up in here, right? Yeah. All right. So what I was going to say, I got the answer. If they would put me on national TV, I could say it very quick. There's two things that young black kids don't have. A heavenly father and a biological father. That's right. You take a heavenly father out of people's lives and not a good biological father in their life, they're going to fail. That's right. They're going to fail. That's just how it is. That's just, and some of you all know that. That's why you struggled in your life, right? And so this is what we're here over here to do over here. We over here at Christ Temple North believe in spiritual. I'm praying for everyone in this congregation, visitors and all, to have spiritual wisdom so you can have, you can make better decisions and better judgment in every aspect of your life. That's Period. That's spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, in every aspect of your life. You need to have the spirit of discerning so you can make the right decisions uh, in everything that you do and the right judgments. That's buying a house, a car, getting married, your doctors, vitamins, whatever it is. You need some help in those areas. Amen. Okay. Paul went on to say that when he prayed that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And, and my, one of my prayers is for me is I ask God to, for things, for even as pastor, to give me spiritual revelation. To give me a spiritual revelation, what that means is I don't know where to go from here. I don't know where to go from here, so I ask God to give me spiritual revelations. And spiritual revelations help me to, to, for my future because, you know, I have a future. Okay, here we go. And a revelation is an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. So sometimes I need to ask the God to give me a spiritual revelation of what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. And through that spiritual revelation, he gives me divine truth. And now I'm free because the Bible says, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, sometimes when you ask God to give you a revelation, he will show you you. Does that make sense? And so, you know, yeah, well, he will show you you, and he will show you a divine truth. You see, one of the hardest things to do is to ask God who you are. That's hard. And then he gives you a revelations, and, and you find out, oh, I'm the problem. That's 
You see? It's me, Lord. You with me? Are we doing all right? Here we go. Revelation is also the sacred truths which God has communicated to humans for instruction and direction. So what God does, he gives me spiritual revelations, and he'll give them to you if you ask. You've got to ask him for it. And he'll give you spiritual revelations to communicate and instruct you and direct you in your life. That's right. That's right. You don't know which way to go? No, you don't know which way to go because we go for the flesh takes us. Now, the flesh ain't this thing here. The flesh is the way we process, all right? It means self, really. All right, but I need, you got children? You need, you need, <laughs> yes, Lord, spiritual revelations to deal with them little humans. Yeah, you do. And get some instructions, all right, and direction, right? Ask me why. How should I chastise this child? Now, some of y'all don't do this now. Should this child get their little behind? That's how they used to do it. I don't know if they do now to put you in a corner or something, I think. You see, you understand what I'm saying? But you need to ask God. Uh, yes, you need to ask God. He'll ask, he will tell you through a spiritual resolution what your child needs and what your child doesn't need. Right. Because sometimes some of us in here, you know what one of the biggest lies is? is uh, some of us kind of grew up, did not have everything. So we're going to give our kids everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's just plum crazy. Yeah, you see? And see, when you give somebody everything, then that means they ain't got to work for nothing. Isn't that right? You see, I never hear, you see, we had a thing called chores. That's right. And didn't get paid. That's right. <laughs> yeah. right. In my day, right? You see? Because that's, you live here. You know, see, you're getting paid for that food you're eating. That's right. And that bed you're sleeping in there. But that's old school. So y'all may not know, it, but God will help you here in 2020. He will give you, you need to communicate with him and ask you how to deal with those little humans you have in your house, to, how to instruct you and, and direct them. All right? That's right? Come on, say amen to that. Amen. All right, is this National Spouse Day? That's right. You see, he will instruct you and give you directions how to handle the wife, how to deal, it's not handle, it's a bad word, how to deal with the wife, how to, let's do communication, how to communicate with the wife and how to communicate with the husband. That's right. Does that sound better? Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. So how to communicate with each other. Do you understand? Amen. You see, and, and Sister Gwen would say, tell you all, she was here, I'm very complicated. You see, and so she, she has to pray for spiritual revelations to, to how do I going to instruct him? Because, you know, there's a word called John. That's right. So when that John comes out, then that means uh, I, she's wanting my attention <laughs> now. And then direction, right? Because, see, sometimes the person next to you is smarter than you. That's right. And God will direct you to that person. And some things, Sister Gwen is smarter than me. That's right. And I ask for a spiritual revelation, spiritual revelation, she'll say, he'll say, Holy Spirit, say, ask your wife. That's right. Or vice versa. Are y'all with me? All right? Are we doing all right? Again, pray and ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. So we getting ready to know who better? God. When you know be God better, you know your spouse better. That's right. I said it one time, and some of you all didn't get it. The more I learned about Christ, the more beautiful my wife got. Amen. Because then I had a different lens. Say, what is that, Pastor? I looked at her through the lens of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And when you live through the lens of the Holy Spirit, you see that person's spirit. 
Now, some of you in here, spouses, I'm going to help you out. I wonder if you love your wife or your husband's spirit. Hmm. Say that again. Do you love your wife's spirit? Do you love your husband's spirit? Because that's the inner person. That's the real person. That's right. Oh, keep going. All right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. See, see, you need, you need your eyes of your heart enlightened, so you need the hope of who's calling you? Him. Come on, y'all speak up. Who? Jesus. No, me. Say no, God, come on. All right. Uh, Lord, I'm trying to help these folks down here. I'm thanking you for a letter. Somebody got it. Maybe somebody will send me one tomorrow. Okay, here we go. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need, remember, guard your heart. All right, your heart will be enlightened in order to tell you who God wants you to be. Quit going by your impulses. That's what's got most of us in trouble. All right? Sounds like they need to open their eyes. That's right. Go ahead. He says that the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power to all of us who believe. So, so we're, who's got some great power in here? Who's got some great power in here? I do. You do, because if you're a believer in Christ, you have great power. Now, all of you didn't say it, and you probably shouldn't, because you haven't let it come forth yet. Let's try it again. Who's got some great power in here? I do. Yes, because if you are saved and you have faith, the Bible tells you God's going to give you these great powers. That's right. All right? Satan doesn't want you to hear this. He doesn't want you to believe this. He wants you to think you're weak. Mm. He wants you to be desperate, because desperate people do desperate things. Desperate people will accept desperate people in their life. That's right. All right. The message says it this way. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. See, I want to be intelligent, what? And be able to discern in knowing Christ personally. This is my, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. And once I know him personally, we got a relationship. That's right. Once you know him personally, you have a relationship with him. That's right. That's right. Okay, here we go. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. See, 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 you need to know exactly what God has called you to do. You need to know exactly what God has called you to do. You see, it took me a while to figure it out because it wasn't, you know, it's kind of a play thing. You see, but once I found out what God called me to do, and I started doing what God called me to do, it affected other people's lives. That's right. That's right. So everybody in here, everybody in here, God has called you to do something. God has called all of you in here to do something. You need to figure, ask him through spirit, give you a spiritual revelation, what he's called you to do. You see, not what mama wants you to do, not what daddy wants you to do, not what society wants you to do. But what did God called you to do? Because what God has called you to do, he's given you the tools to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? God has called, when God calls you to do something, you can do it without a degree. That's right. Right? That's right. You see, yes. And guess how I know? Say, so how do you know, Pastor? I don't have one. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? And so, but he's called me to do something, so he gave me a degree above a degree. That's right. 
And right. see, and, and all of the p young people, like those two young men and Trevor, all of those people that have been affected by my ministry, they all got degrees. I don't have one. But I didn't need a degree. I just followed his calling. Right. Do you understand what That's I'm right. talking about? Because right. some of you are waiting on paper. You see, but paper won't get you there. You see, it's the calling to get you there. And then he, if he's got the calling to get you there, then it's easy to get the paper. That's right. Get the calling first, then get the paper. Because some folk got the wrong paper that don't match their calling. God, that was good. Wow. You see, that's wisdom there. And so here we are in this church at Christ Temple North. We're here to learn how to be bigger than we live in. That's right. Because how big are we in here? Big. All right, some of y'all didn't forget that. All right, say amen to that. Amen. Okay. Again, he wants our eyes focused and clear so we can grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that he has for us, his followers. He, what kind of life? A glorious way of life. Are you a follower of Christ? Amen. Then you ought to have a glorious life. Amen. You ought to have a glorious life. Everybody in this sound of my voice ought to be successful at something. And if you're not successful at something, you're in the wrong class. Do you ever know in college, I think, and, and uh, I talked to Lana because she still coaches, oh, excuse coaches, she still teaches in, in, in college at, at the school up there, and she'll tell me, yes, how many students she has, and then we just be talking, and she'll say, how many fall out? You know why they got out? Wrong class. You see, you can't be an English person in a math class. That's right. That ain't going to work. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if you know what God has you to be, you'll stick, get in the right class. That's right. All right. Verse 19, it says, Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Yes, and I love this part here because, see, people call me hyper. Okay? The Bible says endless energy. I call it endless energy. So the scripture, y'all you know, call it hyper, but the scripture says Pastor Fields has endless energy. Boundless strength. And boundless strength. That's what we have in him. Energy. I can't stand to see some people walking through. God bless you. He ain't blessing you. That's right. You see? But, right, you've seen it. You're supposed to have any boundless energy. And power and strength. We can handle things that other people can't handle. Because religion won't cut it. You understand what I'm saying? You see, I hear people all the time talking about I'm a Catholic, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist. What is that? That's something somebody thought up, put it up on side the churches. Be a believer. That's right. Be a believer. That's what they call them in the New Testament, called them believers in Christ Jesus. You see, there is no power in religion. There's power in Christ. That's right. You see, that's why they got out, we got that out there. What does it say out there, Christ Temple North? Is my name on there? You know, you go to most churches, they have Christ Temple North and the Honorable Johnny Chesterfield's Bishop. <laughs> no, I told somebody, they said, why isn't your name out there? I said, my name beside Christ? Are you kidding me? No, I have Christ within me. But it ain't not, not out there. Because you, you understand what I'm talking about? Is anybody getting it? All right. We're going to walk out of here. With energy. 
Walk out of here with boundless strength. You sat in church sometimes. Let me tell you, some of us have done buried our parents. Some of us have dealt with cancer. Some have dealt with loss of children. You can do it. Because you have boundless strength within you. That's right. Okay. And guess what? Some of you look at me. You're going to need it. Amen. If you keep living, you'll need it. <laughs> All right. Now back to the NIV in verse 20. We're told that that great power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Now the same power that God the Father used to raise Christ from the dead is the same power in you. All right, keep going. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And that power seated him at the right hand where of the heavenly realms. And that's where I'm going after I leave here. That's right. Through Jesus Christ. Yeah. That same power. All right. Far above rule and authority. There is no authority and no rule. Keep going. Power and dominion. Come on. And every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the same power today as it was centuries ago. That's right. Why don't you use it? That's right. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. That's right. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. That's right. People are healed at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It was done when Paul walked the streets and Peter and all the disciples, and it's the same power today. All right. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. And so let me tell you something. The head of the church is Christ. You the church That's right. with the same power. With the same power. That's right. Right? You all can start praying and say, Satan, you're a liar. You cannot come into the Christ Temple North. You can't even come in the parking lot. You can't even come down the street. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, right. you defeated. That's right. All right? All right. Which is his body, the fullness of him, who feels everything in every way. Feels what? Everything in every way. So ain't nothing lacking. See, see, let's just do it this way. When Satan tries to come to your house, he can't get in your house. What? Fool. Right. You know, I went down to this car show one time, and we was trying to find some place to park, and they got them signs out there. Full parking lot. It's full. So that means ain't no, there's no room for anybody else to park. That's right. You need to do that with your life. That's right. You need to do that with your life. Satan comes to your house. He can't come to your house. He goes, I can't go up in there. It's full with the Holy Ghost up in there. It's full with wisdom and revelations up in there. He had to go next door, but he can't come up in there. You see, some of y'all know, some of y'all used to go to the clubs. Y'all know you used to go to the club. Don't get cute now. You know you used to go to the club. And still go there if you act right. But there used to be, there used to be a time at 1 o'clock when I was out there. It's 3 now. They'd tell you, it's time to get up out of here. You ain't got to go home, but you got to do what? Right. Right. You need to, y'all need to, some people need to go home and open the door. Satan, you out of here. You ain't got to go. You can go anyplace else, next door neighbor, where else, but you got to get up out of here. That's right. That's right. Because he can't live in, when you tell him to go, he got to go. That's right. And then when you let him out, he can't come back in because it's full. All right. 
Now turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. And I'm about to finish up. I'm going to read it from the voice and then the message. Yeah. For I have every confidence that nothing. Now I love this. I do it all the time. I have confidence that nothing. Not death. Come on. Life. Come on. Heavenly messengers. Come on. Dark spirits. Mm -hmm. The present, the future, spiritual powers. No height, depth nor any created thing can come between us and the love of God revealed in the anointed Jesus our Lord. Nothing can come between me and the love of God. God loves you so much that nothing can destroy the love that he has for you. That's right. Quit walking around and talking about I don't nobody love me. If you lost your mind, God loves you more than anybody can love you. And if I'm walking in the love of God, I can't do without, I got everything I need, right? If he loves you, he's going to protect you. He's going to care for you and, right. and protect you. You got to let him. You see, one thing about God, he don't force himself on you. He just says, I just, I'm just going to love you anyway. Okay, last one. The message says it this way. I'm absolutely convinced. You got to be absolutely convinced. See, when, when you know somebody loves you, you just start feeling good about yourself. That's right. Somebody can say, I don't love you. You don't even care. Because you're so full of love inside of you. God loves you so much, you can't even notice it. That's right. They can walk away from you, and you forgot they were there. Amen. All right. Come on. I am absolutely convinced that nothing... Nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low. And he's confident in this. So today or tomorrow, whether I'm high or whether I'm low. Thinkable or unthinkable. Thinkable or unthinkable. Absolutely nothing can nothing. come between us and God's love because of the way nothing. that Jesus, our master, embraced us. That's because of the way Jesus, our master, embraced us. Nothing. Nothing. Come on, yeah, that's it. Nothing. You see? So no insecure people in here. Right. Because insecure people panic and they make things bigger than they are. But not in this church, no way. Because we know. Let me tell you something. Everybody look at me. Because if God loves you, look at me right here. If God loves you, didn't you just got through hearing this? If God loves you, he's going to send somebody to love you like he loves you. That's a fact. Right? 